0: find grace and mercy and help in our time of need and boy do we need you we need your help all the time even when we're doing things that that we enjoy and we feel like we've got it all together we still need your help (laughs) so we thank you lord that we can cry out to you any time of the day or night we can speak to you we can petition you we can invite you in It's a wonderful thing to have that freedom of relationship with you, and it's a good thing. So we thank you for it. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Shannon, the the Lord is is was speaking to me when we were talking about the impossible, and the Lord is it just was showing me that there's something that you felt has been impossible for you for quite some time, and the Lord says to keep believing and for it's going to happen for you. It is possible, Amen. So change that way of thinking about it. Start embracing it and say, Lord, I thank you. It is possible for me, Amen. All right. Praise God. Amen. 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 Sometimes we just need to change our meditation. And our faith will begin to change. You know, many times the things you think aren't possible, you kick them out of your brain. You don't even want to think about them. You push them out. Yeah, with unbelief or I'm scared or I don't believe it or why would he do that for me? Or, you know, I can't even wrap my head around it. But but we need to start embracing more of the impossible or what man considers impossible. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So so we're going to talk today about the fact that let me see. Oh, you're saved. You're healed. (laughs) You're saved. You're healed. And the fact that healing really fulfills a Bible prophecy, amen. It's a fulfilling of a prophecy. It is uh, something that it, it's not as extraordinary as as the church has made it. I'll put it that way, because people in the world don't really think that much about the supernatural. You know, they when they think healing, they think go to the doctor and get a pill, or you know, take something they think in natural terms but the church has really set set the the tone i think for the thinking about the supernatural and in many times the church feels like healing is extraordinary it feels like Like, I'll have people tell me things like, well, God's called me to a healing ministry. I said, well, he's called all believers to healing ministry. You know what I'm saying? We put it out there on a pedestal, or we put it separate, or somehow we make it kind of unique and unreachable. But if you look at Jesus' ministry, he taught, he preached, and he healed. He did all three of them all the time. There was never a time at a Jesus meeting that people didn't get healed. Amen. Uh, either by asking him, petitioning him, or coming up and touching him. You know, that got to be a thing after a while. People would just see him on the streets, come up and believe God that if I touch him, I'll be, And, you know, who started that? The woman with the issue of blood. You know, somebody doing something she thought was illegal, she found out it was okay with God for her to steal her healing. Amen? (laughs) Yes. And so, so, so anyway, the, the fact that God does things, we need to understand many times is fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, it, it, prophecy begins to lay the groundwork for the acts of God. Throughout the Bible, you see that. Uh, in in the book of Genesis, he prophesied to the man and the woman that they would have a seed that would come and break the devil's head, and Jesus came and did just that. There are many things that were told about uh, the Messiah that Jesus fulfilled, and so as you read through the Gospels, that that phrase that it might be fulfilled keeps popping up. Amen. And so the the in in the The reason I mention that, it should give us great comfort that God is merely fulfilling his promise when he does certain things for us. See, these things have already been spoken that they belong to us, that God is doing these things for us. He is doing them on our behalf. So these things, it's he's already spoken that that's his will, that I want you well. I want you out of the devil's grip. That was prophesied in the book of Genesis, that God was going to take man out of the devil's power. Amen? And so once we start understanding that in the word, then when you begin to, to believe God for certain things, it's not extraordinary. See, it kind of brings it into the place of reasonable, you know, expected, understandable. It's no surprise to God that we want to be well. He's already said he's provided that for us. And so I think if we can take, in it, it, the fact that, that we take it out of the realm of the extraordinary and bring it into the realm of what's expected doesn't diminish the value of it. See, it doesn't diminish the worth of it. Sometimes we think if we can say, oh wow, God, oh boy, God's gonna do this, that, and the other and make a big hoopla about it, that makes it more valuable. But everything God does is valuable. Amen? Uh, because of who does it. Amen? God's of high value. And he's, he's the God of the universe and he's worthy of all worship and praise and honor and glory. Amen. And so it, it, it doesn't diminish the fact that we can expect God to do certain things or expect certain things to happen for us doesn't mean we take it for granted. It doesn't mean we consider it a small thing. It just means that our faith has embraced it. God has already spoken it and He's fulfilling it and our faith is seeing it that way. Amen. It's already given to us and we are thankful for it. Amen. And, and I'll tell you another thing. If you're not a thankful person, your faith isn't going to work very well either. You won't be receiving a whole lot from the Lord. And so it, it you know, it, learn to expect, learn to, uh, not, uh, stagger think that's the word i'm looking for where it said abraham staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but he was strong in faith amen so so strong faith glorifies god because it's going to strong faith will see it too to through to the end strong faith is fully persuaded that god's able to do it and he's going to do it and there's no problems we're getting it into the earth realm, amen? And so, so when we, when we think about what God has done as a fulfillment of His Word, as a fulfillment of His promise, uh, we can see that God is consistent throughout the Bible in the way that He does things for us and how He relates to man. The Old Covenant and the New Covenant line up pretty much The same as far as the promises of God are concerned, amen? But we need to know that if you're saved, you're healed, and your healing fulfills a Bible promise. It fulfills a promise that God made to us, amen? In Isaiah 42 and verse 9, I like this scripture because it talks about how God operates, amen? Amen? It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass. Amen. Former things, things we used to talk about, have come to pass. And new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So God likes to get us in faith and expectation for what he's going to do in the earth. That's why he tells things to people so we can expect them. And we can get the benefit of it. Amen. If you don't expect something, you probably won't get too much benefit out of it. Amen. Um, you'll see this with people who have wealth. They're always trying to figure out ways to get their kids to appreciate what they give them freely. So it, it becomes a challenge. Amen. Cause the kid knows you got plenty of money. He knows you're not gonna withhold anything from him. Uh, and, and so you, they'll start to, to challenge them by, well, you gotta work so much for this and I'm not just gonna hand you things and, and all of this, you know. Um but the way God operates with us, He lets us know ahead of time what He's gonna do so we'll anticipate it so that when it comes we'll recognize this is from God see I got to put this in a place where I know it's important because it came from God see it's not just something that came and see if he didn't tell us what he was going to do when we get blessed that's just another thing to throw in the closet or another thing to put somewhere or another thing to you know do so God Understands how to build character into us while he's blessing us, I guess you could say. We're wealthy people, some of them do pretty well at it and some of them don't do so well. Amen. Uh, they, they, they have so much wealth, some of them, they know <clears throat> they'll never spend it in 15 lifetimes. And so they need to have different things that, that develop character in their, their upbringing you know, and, and expectation and that kind of stuff. I was looking at uh um how uh some of the royal families are raised and and they're groomed from very small to be servants. See, that that concept of serving the people is woven into every thread and every fiber of their lives. So that they know that they are there to serve the people that have put them, that honor them, you know, as the royal family. Uh, they're there to represent the country in a good way. Uh, and the ones that take it seriously get success at it and can, can live very, very productive and fruitful lives, you know. And there's some that just, they just don't take to it too well, you know, and they want out. They want to live for self, want my life. They don't understand me. I'm different than they are, you know, that kind of stuff. And so as as believers and Christians, we understand that God is developing his character in us. We be just like him in our spirit man and in our thinking, our behavior, all of that. And so he does it by expecting us to live by faith. Amen. That the walk of faith, the walk in the spirit, is the way that God has to cultivate character in his children. It's the way he has to develop us as believers and develop us in his image. And get us to do the things that he would expect us to do uh, while we're here on earth. Uh, We are here to glorify him we are here to make his name known in a good way amen uh, so that people will want the god that we serve so our witness before god is is something that um that should be foremost in our minds it should be upper in our our thinking at all times so he has his way of developing that uh, royal character I guess you could put it that way Uh the character that the royals are trying to cultivate God makes that a, a, a factor in our in our walk with him amen and, and we live by faith so that when we need certain aspects of our character developed in a certain way he can get it you know he can get Patience in us. He can get wisdom in us. He can get meekness and and gentleness in us uh, through our living by faith. Amen. So when we when we live the faith life, that's our guarantee that we'll be whole and entire, lacking nothing. Amen. You'll know what your faith can do. I think many times we're nervous about oh it's taking so long and when is god going to do this and when is this going to happen and that we're nervous about things like that because our character isn't quite you know see he wants us to be as solid as an oak in our confidence in him amen and we want it too we don't want to be wavering and flipping and floundering around all the time and begging god for mercy Just I, one more time, I've I slipped off today, I don't know what happened to me, help me please. You know, so, so we want to be confident in Him and we want to be confident in the things that God would have us to do and, and so, and He knows that. And so He develops the walk of faith for us so that we can kinda get it all together and, and, and when we get the thing that we're believing Him for, We don't just have things. We have a part of Him. See, we have, we have a testimony with Him. We have history with Him. We have something that we can look back and say, God, I don't even know how you did that. You know, but, but you got me through that. Amen. And, and, you know, I was able to see, uh, you know, the kids graduate and and get good jobs and, and, uh, you know, the relatives, you know, kind of, warming up to you and and i can talk to you about them and i can call and pray for them and all that kind of stuff and that's so different from what it used to be amen so so that's what we want we want that we really do but but the 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 way we get it is through something else we desire you know having to believe god for something amen so here we are believing god for something and going through our paces our nervous paces our wonderings and Failings, and then we get up and say, "God, I don't know what's wrong with me. I believe you. I love you." And yada yada. And so that's that's the life of faith, folks. That's that's the way it goes sometimes. But but still, you need to know that everything was accomplished uh, for us uh, in the atonement. Everything that we need has been given to us already through through God and through our born-again experience. When the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you, he brings everything. Amen. He brings your healing. He brings your deliverance. He brings your prosperity. He brings everything that he is. He He and everything that Christ is, he brings with him day one that you're born again. Um, God has to be consistent in his dealings with his people. So when we come, well, the day you are born again, you are healed. You are prosperous. Amen. You are, are fruitful. Everything that you need, it doesn't come like in another package at another time. It's all there already. Psalm uh, 105, if you'll turn there, this is, this is God's report about Israel. So we said everything has to be consistent from New Testament to Old Testament. So in the Old Testament, this is what God did for them. Psalm 105, verse 37, it says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Amen? So God brought them out Wealthy and healthy. So when you're born again, you are wealthy and healthy. All in one shot. Amen. So in order for God, and see, God foretold already how He was going to, what the new birth was going to be like. And if we have a better covenant based on better promises, we've got to have something better than what Israel had. And see, ours comes by faith. And it can't be lost. Amen. When Israel got into the the wilderness before they got to the promised land, they had forked over a lot of the wealth that God gave them into a calf that that they built. They melted down a lot of that gold earrings and jewelry and all that stuff they got from Egypt. Amen. From their neighbors. They, They had melted all of that down and made a golden calf so that they would have something to worship. Amen, and so, but when we come into the prosperity of God, we can't lose it. Amen, It gets renewed over and over and over again. Why? Because it's a spiritual inheritance, it's a spiritual wealth, and so a spiritual wealth can be increased, um, you can never spend it all. amen you can you You can find ways to inherit more. Through what you do through sowing and reaping, amen, so there are many, many ways to increase wealth in god's kingdom, and because the curse is broken, see Israel if when they did wrong they they would go for for a long period of time serving other gods until they they got broke impoverished and and then were captured by their enemies, and they would go sometimes decades in captivity before God would wake them up uh, through a prophet or somebody who could go and preach to them and tell them who they really are, come out of that and come into to the realm of God. Amen. And so, uh, but it went on for a long time. Ours, our forgiveness is instantaneous. The Bible says, if you confess, he forgives and cleanses all in one shot. It doesn't take years for him. You don't confess and then he thinks about it for about ten years and then say, Okay, I forgive you. Amen. You are cleansed and forgiven at the same time you confess. Amen. That's the beauty of the new covenant. You you can be uh re reinstituted, <laughs> so to speak, in your obedience to God and in your covenant. Just just it's just up to you. To, to get wind of the fact that you're forgiven. A lot of times we spend a lot of time feeling bad, unnecessarily revisiting our mistakes when we shouldn't. They're, they're already forgiven and forgotten, cleansed, reestablished. God would rather see you reestablished and obedient to Him than to see you sitting back feeling remorseful. You got me? I mean, there's going to be a certain amount of pricking in your conscience anyway. Your conscience is going to have to get developed so that it trains you not to do things over again. See, that's really what what that's for. It's not for beating you up and making you feel like God hasn't forgiven you. You got me? You, your conscience gets developed in the holy spirit and the holy spirit begins to tell you now the last time you did that it it cost you something so i'm going to help you not to do that anymore see we're going to develop some character in you so that you can can go through life not not being tempted to tell a lie when you get under pressure amen not being tempted to cut corners here and there you know, because of whatever, whatever. And so he's constantly developing our character, you know, and helping us. Why? Because he don't want us feeling bad all the time about doing bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you need to feel good about doing good. And so it, 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 it makes a difference in, in your ability to trust God and get up and go forward. That's, that's a, a very empowering a a very powerful and important thing in God's kingdom, that he have kids that can function, amen, and know who they are and know that sin does not have dominion over them. It can't hold them down, amen. And, And even though you might, as Paul said, the thing I don't want to do, I do it anyway. The thing I try to do so well, I just can't get that right, amen. But thanks be to God who doesn't give me condemnation for it. Amen. He gives me forgiveness, cleansing, atonement. Amen. And so this is how we can walk in our health and walk in our prosperity. Because we don't have these naughty boy timeouts and naughty girl timeouts to sit and ponder and think how we messed that up and we didn't do this right and I should have done this and I wouldn't have done that. Um, God doesn't want you wasting your time like that. Faith doesn't look backwards. Faith looks forward, and faith looks at the now. Amen, How am I spending my time in God right now and And this is why he he forgave us. This is why we're cleansed. This is why we're we're helped so we can respond like Jesus would in these situations. I mean, he's not sitting feeling sorry for himself, being remorseful and all of that. He's in the now moment with the father. Father, what do I do now? Father, you got me down here to, to give a message to people. And, and I only got so much time to get that delivered. What do I do now? Amen. And we should all live like that. I mean, even though you might be a young person, you still don't know how many years you have to, to minister and to do what God's called you to do. I think God doesn't plan any wasted years for us. Amen. And, and even though you might feel those years weren't as productive as you would want them to be, uh, they weren't wasted. If you were in Christ, amen, they weren't wasted. And so there's, there's no profit to sitting up, thinking, wishing, hoping. Uh, just get into the now. Find out where God has you right now. So we need to understand that when we are saved, we're healed, it's all a package. You're not waiting on God to heal you. You are healed. And once you begin to speak like he does about your situation, then you will start to get the benefits of what he has done for you. When you start talking, faith talk. Faith calls those things that be not just like they are. I am healed. Amen. I'm healed. It doesn't matter what my body is looking like, what it's saying, what it's whatever. I'm healed. I'm prosperous. Amen. Everything I set my hands to prospers and does not fail. Amen. There is no failure in what I'm doing. It may look like it's failing, but there's no failure in what I'm doing. Amen? It may not compare favorably to what you think it ought to be or what anybody else says it should be, but there's no failure here. Amen? And so once we begin to understand that that God is the one who sets the course for us, he's the one who judges our progress. He's the one who judges how we are doing things and what we do. Amen? Uh God is the one who judges those things. I was listening to somebody giving a testimony um they pass out tracks every day and um, um he was saying that one day while he was out passing out tracks uh he he started to miss his grandson um quite a bit, and i'm thinking he must be in a different state or city or something like that and and so um the Lord asked him, he said, would you rather be with your grandson every day or would you rather know that there are thousands of people in heaven when you get there who got those tracks because you, you got me? See, you're measuring eternal things against temporal things. There's no comparison. You got to measure the eternal with the eternal. And I think that's If we keep that in mind, I just put that in there because it it just struck me how much we think about the things that pertain to this life as our goal, our real goal in life. You know, I mean, it's so easy to, to put the things of God off to the side a little bit, start getting focused on You know, I gotta have this, I gotta have that, I gotta have, but I believe that if we seek the kingdom first and, and know what things God wants us to do, do those things that are pleasing to Him first, He, then what you are believing for becomes an add-on and it's not a struggle for you and it's not a burden for your mind and you're not trying to figure out when it's gonna get here and, you know, you can get consumed with what you're, you're, you say you got faith for. You find out you don't have a whole lot of faith for it because you keep thinking about when is it going to get here and you don't act like you have it already. See? And so if you're healed, you're saved, you're prosperous, all of that came in a package deal, then we should have no cares, no worries, no fears. Of course we do. Cause we look at what's going on in the natural. Amen. And, and instead of divorcing ourselves from our natural attention, you know, you got to have stuff to live. We all know that. But you don't have to be consumed with the lack of it and consumed with acquiring it. Amen. You can let that request be made known to God and go on in peace and say, "Okay, God, where's my 300 tracks I'm going to hand out today? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let me get on with the business of increasing your kingdom and and sowing seed for people to come in that don't have what I have. There are a lot of people that don't have what you have. And and we're in the kingdom and we think we have lack because we're waiting on God to send us some money for something. You got me? And so we're rich compared to many people. Amen? And, and we need to be about increasing their wealth, letting them understand who God is, letting them get benefit of, of His kingdom. And so I think that's, that's just like the best way to live is to always know that God is going to take care of us and that he has already provided everything. Amen. So people are healed that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets about Jesus. Amen. So uh, Jesus uh, was filled with compassion and he healed all that were sick. So he brought to pass and fulfilled everything that was said about him. Um, in the garden, God, God already set forth the promise that that a Savior would come and rescue Adam and his family. Which grew, I'm sure Adam would, his mind would be blown. He's to see all the people, all his descendants from that time. But, but God is, is, is showing us his character, that he's a faithful creator. He didn't leave us in sin in the garden where we would eat of the tree of life and live forever in sin and in deprivation. So he shut us out of the garden in his mercy so that we wouldn't continue to live. Sin would have a time where it would be cut off from its availability to mankind and we could live like God again. Amen. We could live like God wants us to again. And so Jesus made the promise from the foundation of the earth that he would rescue us. Amen. He would be our Messiah. And so all of the scripture that's written about him is a repetition of his promise from the foundation of the earth. So all of the things that we saw him do were things that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit talked about from the foundation of the earth. We just had a discussion about, well, man is going to fall. And we've got to have somebody rescue him. And and Jesus made a compassionate statement from the foundation of the earth when he when the Bible says it when he was moved with compassion and healed them, he was moved with the same compassion that he spoke out of when he promised to do it to us. And so. His, he steps into himself. He steps into his own prophecy. Everything, everything that he felt for us before we fell, he felt for us again after we fell. Amen? So there's no change in him. See, your sin didn't change how he felt about you. See, if we could get over that kind of stuff, you understand what I'm saying? Thinking that we're so bad and, oh, God's not going to do this and I don't deserve it, you know, all this stuff that we go through. Jesus prophesied from the foundation of the earth out of compassion that he would have compassion on us. After we fell. And fall, we hadn't had any. There was no fall at that time. So he picks up. See, when you speak things out before they happen, you're not moved by what you see when it happens. You see, you've already given your word that you're going to be there for for humanity when they need you and you're speaking that out of a a voice that sees the end of a thing at the beginning and you feel for people say for instance um say for instance people who uh families who have children before your child is even conceived oh, I'm going to have four kids, or I'm going to have six kids, or I'm going to have two kids, I'm going to love them, and they're going to grow up, and they're going to be this, and they're going to be that, and they're the other, yada, 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 And then when they come here, you step into it, but what you see in them changes you as a human being. You don't feel sometimes as hopeful and optimistic. After little Johnny starts Stealing from the neighbors, you understand what I'm saying? But see, God in his divinity feels the same way about us. He's got the same plans. We do the same things. God, you don't know what I did. I know what you did. Don't make any difference. I already felt good about you from the foundation of the earth. I'm not changing one thing about how I feel. In fact, I'm going to expect more out of you now that you want to put yourself down, I'm going to show you who you really are and I'm going to get you to do more for me than you ever thought you could do. You got me? And so when he steps into compassion when he walked the earth, it's a pure compassion, folks. It's what he felt for us when he committed to do this. And it's not diminished when he looks at Somebody who, who lived a life blaspheming him and the apostle Paul. He compassionately brought his sight back to him and, and set him in an office in the body of Christ, made him a leader much bigger than he ever was as a Pharisee. He's trying, Paul was trying to be somebody when he was running around persecuting the church. Jesus took him and made him somebody more than he ever would have been trying to run around with them religious people and pleasing them. Amen? And so, so when God speaks prophetically about himself, he's speaking the highest, purest, holiest form of language so that when, when he begins to fulfill it's on a high holy realm. It's on, it's on a, a elevated platform. I asked the Lord one time, I, I said, no Lord, you go ahead to straighten me out here. If you know what people are going to do before they do it, how can you give some of these ministers, you know, a hundred thousand people and they go out and sin and embarrass the people themselves, you, I said, you knew they were going to mess up. He said, I don't have anything second rate to give anybody. He said, I know what everybody's going to do. He said, and I give them all first class provision, exposure, all of that stuff. He said, it's all, he said, I don't have any throwaway anything to give people. So they all get the best whether they're gonna do the right thing with it or not. He's saying, Yeah, I know what they're gonna do, and I still give them my best. You understand? So that that should give us all hope, folks. Amen. So we shouldn't diminish our expectation of what God's gonna do for us at all. We should expect his best, which is all he has. Amen. When he looks into the closet that, you know, you're gonna get your, your, your wardrobe from, there's nothing but high class stuff in there. Amen. Amen. There's nothing but the best in there. Amen. He don't care if it's a designer, it ain't a designer, or whoever you like. If it's best to you, that's what he gives you. Whatever you require, whatever you request, that's what he's, he has that for you. Amen. So God is, is, is excellent in all of his ways. That's what holy really means. Holy means that there's no, there's no mistakes. There's no blame. There's no, uh, diminished thoughts on his part. There's no secondhand something because you're going to mess it up and not take care of it. Amen. You know, parents who get sick of shelling out sometimes have to do that with their kids. You ain't getting no $200 shoes, tennis shoes in here. You know you going to get these Kmart buddies or Walmart buddies or whoever somebody mart stuff. Amen. Then they get smart on you and, and try to go to these uh like a um TJ Maxx or somebody like that. And then you get two mixed match shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh um, no, God always has whatever it is, it's it's first class. And sometimes we wonder about that. You know, how do they get all of this and how did I'm still struggling and you know all that kind of stuff and you know we struggle because we struggle. Amen. <laughs> you need to let go of the struggle and start really believing him. Amen. Amen. So so what God spoke in compassion, he fulfilled in compassion. Amen. So in compassion, you look at, if you would imagine your child uh, being sick, your heart, oh, if I could take their place, you know, and that's what God did. Amen. His compassion drove him to the cross, that he took his, our place so that we would not have to suffer the indignity, the pain, the, whatever it is that would come upon us, we don't have to suffer those things, uh, and, and believe that he bore our pain, carried our sorrows, took them away where they can't be found. Amen. And, and fight the devil with his fake symptoms. They don't last anyway. Anything the devil does is temporary. Amen. Cause it's from this temporal world. And so it just won't last on us. So God is a good God. He wants us to have all of the things that we desire. And they are already provided for us in the atonement. Everything that we need, we have already. Amen. And and just begin to exercise your faith that it's there already. God's not making up his mind about whether or not he's going to give you something. He's waiting for you to receive it amen that's what that's how sometimes you can just you instead of praying so much for things you can get in a, a expectation mode of of what you need amen and and just expect that god's gonna bring those things to you because you have a, a now you have a faith and an understanding that they're already provided amen they are already provided. So he's not sitting up there making up his mind, you know, just because you got a bill that surprised you. Amen. He's not sitting up there trying to figure out if he can afford to pay it for you or if he's going to cover that for you. Amen. It's already provided. Amen. So, so we can start thanking him for his great provision. Amen. Lord, I thank you. And if you, if you make a mistake and, and lose some money or, or something happens and, and you think your bills are getting too expensive, you start telling the devil to get his hand off your stuff. You know, you bind the thief and tell him, you giving this back to me sevenfold, devil, you're not keeping this. Amen. And always have the sevenfold in the works and believe that God is giving it to you. Put your faith behind it. Amen. If if it was too big for you to believe for, God wouldn't have written it in the Bible. Amen? So start believing for that restitution because it's part of his covenant. Amen? If he's restoring health, he's restoring wealth. See, you don't know how much you have banked up in heaven. Amen? But you need to start withdrawing it. Amen? (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Amen. I had set a goal for, for how much I wanted from my house, the sale of my house. And so when I, I got the, I went over the papers real carefully and everything, got it, it was like $30 short of, of what the goal I had set. In my mind and in my heart, you know, the, the real estate people, they, you know, uh fees, yeah, you know, all that stuff. They get to dickering with them, them figures. And I said, "Devil, you gonna give me sevenfold?" I said, "I'm thirty dollars." I said, "And my thirty dollars, because I had set a goal from for what I wanted from this house. I said, somehow you'd have messed around and stole some of it." So you hang on to it if you want to. Enjoy it as long as you can. But when God says cough it up, you cough it up sevenfold. You got me? So hold yourself to these things. Don't sit there and stare at it and wonder. Don't scratch your head. You know what happened. The thief stole it. Amen. <laughs> it's always a good thing to go ring his doorbell. See what he's got. Yank it right out of his head and keep running. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So so yeah, so God wants us to get restitution on things. He expects us to claim back from the devil. When he says submit to God, resist the devil, resist him stealing. Resist him. See, we think resist the devil. Well, well, I, you know, that means, you know, I can't lust for nothing. I know, honey, that's everything that he does. You resist him on every quarter. Amen. Resist him when he comes and tries to make you think it's a, a good reason for why you got less money than you expected. Amen. You just, you know, <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> I'm believing God. I, I know I ask God in faith for this. And I'm supposed to have it. So devil, give it up. Get off my money. Amen? Amen. So so uh, God wants us to believe him for all things. All things that pertain to life and that pertain to godliness. Amen. Everything that happened to Jesus was a fulfillment of prophecy. God says he will tell you a thing. And it will come to pass and that his reputation is that all of the things that have happened that he spoke of have come to pass. So he's a faithful God. His word is faithful to be fulfilled. Why is this important? Well, it's important for us to understand that because it helps us to believe. See, when you look and see all the prophecy that's been fulfilled about and God's promising you something, Then that's gonna come to pass too. Amen? So you have, your faith then can be built on different layers of, of understanding. Okay, so I have Isaiah 55. It won't return to me void. Amen. So God's word, and and there is no uh, word of God that is without power. It's all powerful. It will come to pass. Amen. God will do what he says he's going to do. He's not a man that he should lie. And so what he says comes to pass. So your faith can be built and and, and ensured up through the integrity of God's word. Has his word ever come to pass? Yes, it has. Has it all come to pass? Yeah, everything that can up until this time, it has all come to pass. And so God is going to bring the rest of it to pass too. So in Matthew chapter 1, you want to turn there and verse, we'll start in 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when his Mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, praise God, his thoughts got interrupted. How many times have you been thinking on something that you didn't want to see come to pass and your thoughts got interrupted by the word of God? The Holy Ghost spoke the word of God to you. Amen. So it's a good thing. He thought on these things. The angel appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, you son of David, fear not to take unto you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us, Emmanuel is different from Jesus. Amen? But they have the same essence of meaning. Amen? Jesus meaning Savior, somebody who is close to us, a kinsman, redeemer, all of that has the same essence of meaning. Amen? Um, And so while some people may have been stuck on a name, What, what you have to put together is the attributes of that person. What was, what else was that person to look like? Okay? So, so, Jesus was giving other names in by Isaiah, the prophet, wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So he began to fulfill all of these Old Testament names that they would call God by, the Jehovah names of God, amen, they were summed up in Jesus, amen, he was the kinsman redeemer, he was the savior, he was the one that walked with man, amen, he was God with us, amen, Emmanuel, never leaving us, never forsaking us, indwelling us, all of that, the same essence of of word that that God used, and he says, uh, God is with us. And then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Amen. And so all of these things were spoken in advance of Jesus. So his birth, everything about him was fulfillment of prophecy. All of the small details in the word he fulfilled. If you look at sometimes you're reading the scriptures and, and he's doing things and, and then a, the writer will say that it might be fulfilled. Amen. Uh, he never missed, he did not miss fulfilling anything that was written about him. That's what holy is. Amen. Uh, he spoke out his life and then he walked it out. Perfectly. Amen. How many of us can say that? <laughs> Amen. But, but, but he did. To show us that we can too. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe them, you receive them when you pray and you'll have them. When will you have them? After you believe you receive them when you pray. Not before. Amen. Those are people, uh, I, I did a, a Facebook post, I said no peeking. Because we, we want to see it before we believe it. Now we think we're believing it, but if you're still trying to peek and see when it's coming and <laughs> you, your believing could be a little stronger. I'll put it that way. It's not that you don't believe. It's that you, your believing is distracted now by getting, getting it. Amen. You want to get it so bad, you let your believing be distracted. So focus more on the believing aspect of the promise. It's a discipline. You know, it's it's a good discipline to get into, amen, because once you focus on your end, what you have to do is believe that you've received it already and not waver from that. Not let the enemy move you off of that. Well, if you got it already, why is so and so you know what I'm saying? And so you just have to go but nope, devil, I got it already. Yeah, you're too late, already got it. You're too late. I'm healed already. You're too late with this nonsense. I'm already healed, amen. And so then then promises are fulfilled, amen. In Matthew two and verse 15, 13, when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and be there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and he was there unto the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Then Herod, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, the coast thereof, two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently acquired, inquired of the wise men. You know, they're doing that now, you can kill your baby after it's born, up until 30 days. See, These things are spiritual um footprints. They've already been laid out in the realm of the Spirit. And now we've got government people hearing these voices and telling them to do these things. Amen. So they've been already laid out in the realm of the Spirit. And they keep speaking to people, do this, do that, do this, do that. And see, if your conscience has been seared, you don't care about right and wrong anymore, you'll do anything. Amen? You'll do anything. So don't be shocked when you start hearing these things. Somebody's done it. Amen? Because they're being told in the realm of the spirit where evil is. That's why we come in here and pray every Saturday. You're not doing that in vain. You're praying to stop this nonsense. Because we know how to bind up Pharaoh's power. We know how to tell him to let the, the people go. You know? And so so this is it's very important, folks. It's very important that you continue this. But you can see how this has been done before. There's a, a negative spiritual footprint here for somebody to pick up on, somebody to hear it. Hear it being said to them and, and make it a law. Just like here it made it a law. Amen. So we have legislators doing the same thing that he did. So, so um, uh, it says, Then then was fulfilled which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, could not be comforted. Well, at least those women wept for their children. Women nowadays voluntarily take them in because it's an inconvenience. You got me? We need to call for them to begin to weep. Amen. Because they need to. Amen. And in, okay, so I'll continue. It says, and he arose in verse 21 and took the young child and his mother came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that um, Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Notwithstanding, being warned of God again in a dream, he turned aside into parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city of Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. So here Jesus has lived in about three different places Amen. before he's two years old. He's being called by different names. Amen. Why do you think all of this is happening? Why couldn't he just stay one place? Or why couldn't he just go to Nazareth to begin with? See, these are strategies of God against the enemy. Sometimes when things don't just flow right and make sense right in the natural, it's because they are strategic moves on God's part to confound the enemy. Because the devil can read prophecy just like we can. Understand he can see, oh, this is going to happen. That's why Herod was so interested where this child was going to be born when the wise men came through. The minute a king finds out about another king, and somebody's going to go pay homage to them, bring them expensive gifts, and we've come to worship him, it, that man went off. The Bible says he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was disturbed with him. So everybody was up in arms at the news of another king being born. Amen? So. You try to kill them before they get big enough to be a threat to you. Amen. That's why we have so much abortion now. Amen. Before these babies are even born, the devil knows every human being born is a potential threat to him. Amen. Because they could grow up to serve God and destroy what he's doing. So if he can destroy humanity in the womb, you don't have to wait until they get, teenage and get him killed on drugs or drunk driving whatever he can just do it right out amen amen he's trying to extend his time here on the earth amen Amen. so anyway all the places that Jesus visited also was fulfillment of prophecy in Matthew chapter 4 we turn over there oh Verses 13 and 14, then Jesus came from, from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and you come to me. And Jesus answered, said to him, Let it be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. And he allowed him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and a voice came from heaven, and saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. I read the wrong scripture. We're supposed to be in chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. This is verse 12. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast, in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And so the places that Jesus went to preach were prophesied already. Amen. It's just, just like us. What, what we do is prophesied already if we obey God. Amen. <laughs> now he obeyed God perfectly, but he just, it seems like he takes a little detour here. You know, uh, John has been put in prison. He has to continue to preach now. You know, he, he has to pick up the mantle of preaching the kingdom. And he, he John isn't there anymore. Amen. John started preaching the kingdom. Now Jesus takes it up full time. His full time ministry is, is getting underway in a greater way. And it, it was prophesied that he would be, uh, in, in, by Jordan in Galilee of the Gentiles. And so it says to fulfill this, the Gentiles were a people of great darkness. They served pagan gods. Jesus came to his own, the Bible says, but his own received him not. But he did go other places, and it was prophesied to him that he would go to these other places and preach to a people who sat in great darkness, and they received a great light. And it says in verse 17, uh from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that was John's message that he Miss <laughs> Jan was just smiling. Ms. <laughs> Jan said, That's my message too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. For repent for the kingdom <laughs> kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. And so in order to John said, I must decrease. So that Jesus could increase. So from that time forward, we know John was never let out of prison. He was beheaded in prison. And Jesus and his disciples picked up the ministry from there. So the places that he visited even were a fulfillment of prophecy. Amen. So that there could be no disputing who he was. His most um, convincing I would say had to be done to his own people. He, the Jews had to have documentation upon documentation that Jesus was the Messiah. Amen. So that they would know that they had killed their Messiah. Amen. So, so there was ample upon ample evidence of Jesus being who he said he was. And and that those prophecies were fulfilled through him. Amen. And Matthew 8, if you'll turn there. <clears throat> and verse is 14 says, And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities, And there are sicknesses. So healing really is a fulfillment of prophecy. When you are healed, it's not like God has to decide whether you should be healed or not. Or whether you've got enough faith. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. Which means that you can receive it at any time. Anytime you decide you want an end of your suffering or end of your symptoms, you can believe God and receive your healing by faith. I just believe what you did, Lord. I believe in the atonement at Calvary. I believe that was payment for all of my sickness, all of my sins, all of my pains, all of my sorrows, everything that can go wrong in my life. I believe Calvary took care of it. I believe the blood atonement is real. I believe you took that in my place so I don't have to bear it. Get away from me, Satan. Take that back. I don't receive it. It's not for me. Jesus has healed me already. You're too late. I'm healed already. Amen. And and so we can do that with any bad news that the enemy wants to bring to us. Anything he wants to crush us with. uh A burden too heavy to bear. Anything like that, we can refuse it and receive what God has already provided for us. And and his atonement is definitely a fulfillment of scripture. Amen. And so when he healed people, he did it to fulfill what was spoken about him. Amen. And when we go forth and pray for the sick and God heals them, amen, it's fulfilling a prophecy that's spoken over us. In Mark 16, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Who who believes not will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. Don't worry about the condemning and all of that. Just worry about the confirmation, (laughs) about the believing. You just keep believing. Amen. You won't be in the the condemned group. Amen. Amen. So if you believe, you will fulfill those scriptures, amen. You will lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover, amen. So um, they brought people to him, and he healed them to fulfill prophecy, amen. In Luke chapter 13, there's a, a good scripture there that shows Jesus saying that this was fulfilling prophecy. Luke chapter 13 and verse, start in verse 11. Behold, there was a woman that says he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and was bowed together and couldn't in no ways lift herself up. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And he said this to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In those six days, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered him and said, you hypocrite, do not each one of you on a Sabbath lose your ox or ass from the stall and lead him to watering? And ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan is bound, lo these 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he heard these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So can you imagine what life in the synagogue was like for the religious crowd when Jesus came in? You know, he would just obey the Father. Fulfill prophecy, heal people, amen, when he said this woman ought to be healed, amen, it's a fulfillment of God's plan for man to be healed at all times. We're not to be sick, amen, and and we're not to put up with sickness, we're to resist it. Every day, get up and say, devil, I resist you. You take your symptoms today. Take them now. In Jesus' name, I am healed. Amen. And just begin thank God for his healing power. Thank God, Father, I'm healed now. I receive it now. I got it now. We got the devil on the run. He's got to leave me now. Amen. So this woman, Jesus said she ought to be healed. She should not be walking around infirm amen why cuz she's uh, she has a covenant with god her healing's provided for her. amen i'm 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 here to make sure to enforce her healing see jesus enforced the will of god when he walked the earth he made sure the devil stayed off of people he made sure people got their desires what they needed what they wanted he made sure he he elevated the way people lived and he enjoyed doing it. That was his first order of business to establish God as their healer, their provider, the one who could bring everything back to them, restore them to health, even restore, uh, dead loved ones, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so he was just, just that way to make sure he fought the works of the devil no matter who was doing them. And he was not intimidated by the people who spoke against what he was doing. He just went and did it anyway. Amen. But he tells them healing people is just like giving them water to drink when they're thirsty. I see bringing healing and health to sick people the same way I would see bringing water to one of your farm animals if you knew it was thirsty. It's a necessity. So healing is being the children's bread. Bread is also a necessity. So Jesus sees healing not as something exotic and rare and, you know, like we do in the church sometimes. We think it's, you know, all this stuff where you, oh, God's put me in a healing ministry. Well, wonderful. Let's get to getting now. Let's get to going on it and go to the next step, you know, instead of talking it to death. You know, you can kill something with your words just like you can <laughs> make it, make it more of a reality, amen. And so here, here she's, she ought to be healed. He says she's overdue for her healing. Why is she not healed already, amen, amen. And so, so he he begins to minister that way. He ministers out of the the faith that says it's for now, amen. He always ministered in now faith. So Jesus was ready to heal people right then and right there. He, it wasn't like he was just giving them little bits of healing and You know, you go away and come back next week and we do a little bit more and, you know, that kind of stuff. He was for it right now. In fact, it was overdue as far as he was concerned, especially for those who had a covenant with God. This lady, she was a daughter of Abraham. She was a Jew. She had a covenant with God and she should be walking in divine health anyway. Amen. Because they always had a covenant of divine health. Amen. So in Matthew 12, we see another situation. This is the man with the the withered hand, where Jesus, again, and starting in verse 10, I think, verse 9, he departed from there and went into their synagogue. Behold, now the reason he went into the synagogue, let's just Get an understanding of where his mindset was. He was sent to his own people first. And that's where they met. Amen. The synagogue. Many times though, when he would preach on the streets, it was whoever had faith. So whoever heard and came up was free to receive from God. It should be that way. But he made special, he made special effort to reach the jewish people why because he was their messiah he was promised to them when he came they didn't recognize him for their blindness and hardness of heart amen so they were thinking they could uh re- receive the messiah on what they thought he should look like with their carnal minds this was not a carnal You can't receive a spiritual thing with a carnal mind. That's why they missed it. They missed him because God blinded everybody with unbelief so that when the word began to be preached, they could get faith from the word and not from their history, not from their tradition, not from any. You can't build faith in God on tradition. It has to be built on the word of God. So they were blinded. The Bible says they were all summed up in unbelief. So the Jew was just as blind to Messiah as the Gentile was. So they both had to open their hearts in order to receive. Where the Jew was trying to put it together in his mind, he's supposed to be this, he's supposed to be that, he's supposed to be that, he's supposed to be that. In their minds, they missed it. Because they hardened their hearts against his preaching and against his word. See, And so that's why many times the Gentiles received him gladly. Because they were sick of being sick. They didn't know a God that was going to heal them. This was all new to them, but they loved it. Amen. And they could admit they were sinners. When you can admit that you're not worthy and you bow down and you worship god you see he's holy and you see he's worthy to be worshiped then you will get what you desire you see that over and over again you saw that with the the woman that that had the daughter that was having seizures and and lunatic and all that kind of stuff she got it so many of them came and worshiped him even the ruler of the synagogue amen they they would pay some respect and reverence to the Lord because he was the son of God. He was anointed of God. So he was due respect. So anyway, um, uh, here we have where this man with the withered hand, right? We're in verse 9. He's departed when their synagogue. Behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said to them, what man should there be among you that shall have a sheep and it fall into a pit and he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? In other words, Jesus said, you have more compassion on your farm animals than you do on this man. He says, therefore, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. And The Pharisees went out and, 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 re- and tried to, to put up something to, uh, to capture him so that they might be able to destroy him. And so it says here, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from there, and great multitudes followed him. He healed them all. And charged them that they should not make him known that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying. Behold my servant whom I have chosen my beloved. And whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. And he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. And that is judgment against sin and and sickness And everything else. So when God comes to judge, He makes things right. Amen. So that, that's what He's talking about Him. He says, He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear His voice in the streets, a bruised wit. In other words, He will be a gentle man. And, and He will not change that until He send forth judgment into victory. And in His name shall the Gentiles trust. And so here we have a fulfillment of prophecy again. Everything that Jesus did, he did to fulfill prophecy that was written about. So your your healing is not a big deal to him. He's just doing what he said he was going to do. It's like when the angel said, you seek Jesus of Nazareth? He's not here. He's risen, just like he said. He prophesied about himself that he would get about that tomb. And when they went to look for him, just like he said, he was risen. And just like he said about us, we are healed. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for giving us answers, giving us encouragement, giving us faith and understanding giving us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So we love you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. And we praise you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. Okay, so we'll do our declaration. I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I thank you, Lord that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.